Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Point and Click Radio. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde. And I'm Toby Molina at the Point and Click Research Desk. And this is the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX, where we bring you the latest computer and internet news. And um, we've got privacy on the menu tonight. Um, there is always, it seems, a new privacy issue du jour, and the du jour dish today, the, the special, the chef special today on the privacy menu uh, deals with Amazon and the uh, their connected devices, their smart devices. Jim, the, that, Jim, I just have to interrupt for one quick second. That, yes, you uh, do. That private, that private, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that privacy dish this week is meat-free, thanks to the hack on the <laughs> world's largest meat producer. This is true. It at least it at least is a meat-free privacy uh, uh, dish today because of the cybersecurity attack on one of the largest meat processing plants in the country. Um, but yes, um, the, uh, back to our story, uh, the Amazon devices, the Alexa devices, like the Echo family, and also the smart doorbells with the cameras in them called the Ring doorbells, um, Amazon is introducing a new feature, quote, feature, unquote, that will go live on the 8th of June that Amazon calls Sidewalk. And... Sidewalk does some interesting things. It shares your internet connection with your neighbors. What could what could be wrong with that? Well, it, it kind of walks it to the side, so to speak. <laughs> to the well, in a way, yes. Yeah. And um, there are there are some privacy issues and some concerns about it that are, I think, justifiable. And. In typical Amazon fashion, they are not asking you if you would like to make your uh, home's internet available to your neighbors, but rather you are automatically being opted in on January 8th, where, I mean, June 8th, I'm sorry, where this new feature goes live. And to explicitly get out, to opt out, you have to perform a couple of steps. And here to talk to us about sidewalk to take us for a walk down the sidewalk and talk about what some of the issues are around it and what we have to do to opt out is toby molina at the point and click research desk well it's hard to know exactly what the risks are yet i mean it's just um just been announced that on june 8th amazon will flip the switch on amazon sidewalk um it's basically uh, according to them an experimental mesh network that uses your Amazon devices to share small amounts of bandwidth with each other. So um, it's not like having a guest in your house who's on your Wi-Fi and is sucking down bandwidth. Um, the bandwidth limits would be small, uh, but essentially um, all of the um, the compatible Amazon devices uh, would if you uh, enable this, would be sharing a little bit of bandwidth. And uh, the what Amazon is saying is that it would help you retain connectivity even if your home internet signal is weak or not working because you would be able to pick up these and aggregate these tiny bits of bandwidth uh, within uh, from devices within a half-mile radius of where you're located. Uh, it brings up all sorts of privacy issues and uh, 
concerns, obviously. And what's even the most dastardly thing to me about it is the fact that you this will be an opt-out technology. In other words, on June 8th, all of the compatible devices will have this feature automatically enabled. You're going to have to go into your apps and turn it off if you don't want to be part of this new sharing network. Um, it prevents all kinds of... There are, there are there's some interesting potential privacy and security issues um, that obviously because the feature is not live yet, we are not entirely aware of what all of the potential concerns are. Amazon has published a white paper which is a little dense and they claim that there won't be privacy issues but they do not have the best track record um, and so I would not make that assumption um, without looking at it very carefully I would suggest everybody to disable the feature until you've looked at it closely. There's a, there's a website, a cybersecurity info security website called ThreatPost and reading from their article, they see potential um, uh, risks are um, that it's a brand new untested protocol. The way in which the devices will be sharing your internet connection with each other has not been done before. And anytime a brand new untested protocol comes out, um, you know that hackers are going to try to test it. And um, it's... Uh, as uh, as one uh, expert said, history is littered with wireless technologies that have poor track records when it comes to data encryption. So, so there's that. Also, the idea that this is something that will uh, keep your um, connectivity working for your devices should you your internet go down. Well, if your internet is down, what are the chances that your neighbor's internet isn't down as well, uh, that you're piggybacking off of their devices? I just think it, it, the, the use case um, isn't there for trusting, uh, opening up your own network in there's, this way. There's a, there's a kind of, there, there isn't a really good answer to the question, well, what's in it for me? Well, they also claim that uh, the tile devices, uh, yeah, the, the little, little tracker devices, well, you know, Apple has put a lot of energy into their new AirTags, right. AirTags, uh, not being used for nefarious purposes like stalking. Right. Yes. And this now opens up the tiles to being far more dangerous because they will be easily tracked through these mesh networks. Yeah. And so it will leave people with tiles possibly exposed to being able to be tracked for, you know, it's one thing to be able to track your device because you want to be able to find it. And yeah. it's an entirely other matter now that other people are going to be able to possibly track your tile because of this um, this mesh network that can that can locate it. So and that is a, a great concern, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that is indeed <laughs> one of the one of the potential concerns that the Threat Post article talks about. Um, Am Amazon's documentation, the white paper that they've published, contains no details on mitigating stalkers, an issue with devices such as tile tags that can be slipped into purses or taped to the underside of cars in order to enable tracking. Uh, oh, security yeah. here expert said stalking is real and a very bad thing. Um, you can tape one to the bottom of the car and they can be used to stalk people. And indeed there is um, there are f there are features in uh, in 
air tags. Right, that prevent it. That, that exactly, but not so much. At least not to, not that Amazon is talking about. Well, we do a dancer. The, the fact is, we don't know, and right. that's the concern. Well, that, that has not been addressed. Just imagine walking through an airport with a tile on your briefcase, and and all the uh, all the targeted ads that could be, you know, could be getting sucked up as you're walking past a Starbucks or a Pete's or, a, you know, that too. whatever. Sure. I mean, I just don't see that there's any advantage at all for the for the consumer. I w- wouldn't even call them the customer, any, customer anymore because the customer the vic- is the advertisers. The I said and, the, the victim. The victim. You may well find over time that there is, a, again, a use case. There is an argument for doing it, but, but the fact that you're, you haven't been notified by Amazon... We found this out by reading Ars Technica or Tidbits or whatever other outlet that you right. have. Um, I've already gone in um, and disabled this in my apps. Oh, yeah. But when something else that we've read uh, is that people who are reporting who have disabled it have gone back into their app and found that it's been re-enabled. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, now that's so a- not only if you don't want to uh, you know, opt into this or you want to opt out, rather, because they're going to opt in for you. If you want to opt out, you need to you know, keep a, a a watchful eye on your apps to make sure that it doesn't turn back on. And I suspect that on June 8th, they may all turn back on, even if we've... Uh, you know, it's it, as when you check the I agree button, everything goes back to square one, including all the stuff you opt out of. I heard something about uh, Google Maps that you can try to shut off location tracking, and they keep making, I think on the top floor of the Google headquarters is a department of obfuscation where they figure out ways to hide these opt-out checkboxes and things like that. Because even Google engineers couldn't, and they tested them, and they couldn't figure out how to turn off the tracking. And I heard that ultimately, the only way you can turn off the tracking and make sure that the Google Maps isn't tracking you is to put in a fake home address and work address. Because even if you have your home address in there, and you tell Google Maps not to track your location, it can still figure that stuff out. It's, it's That's a good point. Well, it's very simple to disable, whether it's effective or not is another matter, but it's very simple to disable this feature if you so choose. Uh, go into your Alexa app, um, and the, the, you click on the More icon in the bottom right-hand uh, corner of the screen. Um, go to Settings, Account Settings, Amazon Sidewalk, and... Um, just click disable and you, if you're you will you're, see well the first time you go in there that it is enabled and if you don't want to take those notes you're driving along on twisty road right now just go to the search engine of your choice when you get back to your computer and do a search for the phrase disable amazon sidewalk yeah it's in your settings it's in your account settings and you'll see something called amazon sidewalk it is not it is not deeply hidden um also if you have a ring uh, doorbell. The, door, the doorbell. You need to be sure to go in there, uh, go to the control center, and be sure to turn it off there as well. I've also read uh, in forums that if you don't turn it off in both places, uh, it'll still be enabled. <laughs> and, and, and check it again on June 9th. Yeah. So now, what what are the devices that are affected by this? Uh, the Echo, it's uh, the various generations of these items, but the newer, the third generation or newer Echo, Echo Dot, Echo Dot for kids. Echo Dot with Clock, the Echo Flex, the Echo Input, the Plus, um, all models of the Echo Show, the Spot, the Echo Studio, and uh, the Ring 
of various flavors of the Ring doorbell. And so that's pretty much all of the current smart Alexa devices, yeah, as well as the Ring doorbell. And those are and, those are all from Amazon. How old Go ahead. I'm sorry. Those are all from Amazon, right? I get those right. mixed. Correct. I get those mixed up because I don't. They're have... not from Google. These are all Amazon, Amazon. properties. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, unless you have a, a pretty old version of one of these devices, it's likely that uh, that it it will have this functionality. So, head on into your app and turn it off if you so choose. Right. Right. Now, does it I mean, matter? Great devices. We, we're, we're big fans. We have a bunch of them around our house. We have smart light bulbs that we turn our lights on and off and, 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 and even other appliances. And, 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 and at the holidays, we could say, yeah, Alexa, turn on their Christmas tree, and it's all really fun, and they're, yeah. and they're great. But you've got to be an educated consumer, and you have to be smart, and you have to be always cognizant of the fact that um, they don't just make money by selling the piece of hardware to you. No. No. So um, if you if you enter into a, a whole lot of web technologies and computer technologies these days with that in mind, um, then you can get the most out of it while still maintaining some semblance of privacy and security. Obviously, we will be we will be strolling the sidewalk a lot in the weeks and months to come as this feature rolls out. Um, the f- the first time we hear about a about a security breach of some kind, and now and, and to, to Amazon's credit, security researchers are saying that Amazon is building three layers of encryption into uh, into this uh, sidewalk um, technology, and um, they seem to kind of be doing the right thing as far as uh, security goes. But they also point out that the terms of service gives Amazon the right to share information with third-party developers. And is every one of those third-party developers going to be as careful and as security-minded? That has often turned out to be not the case. A lot of these Internet of Things devices, smart bulbs and things like that, have, have, have had very shoddy security systems in place so we recommend that you opt out of sidewalk but your your last point there jim is really good because um a lot of these apps especially for you know light bulbs and stuff like that are programmed with what are called sdks a software development kit where the programmer of the final app that links to the device will bundle in chunks of software that do certain lower-level functions that they just get out of a box. It's programmed by somebody else. They license it, and they use that component in their app. And a lot of times that'll have some uh, nasty little bits going on that you're not even aware of. Yeah. So yeah. it's... it's. Yeah. Go ahead. Until so we know more, I would I strongly recommend just disable and do, you know, do some research, see how things develop. Um, before um, offering up your bandwidth and potentially your privacy. Yeah. Now, if I was doing PR for Amazon, what would I say is the main reason you'd want to opt into Sidewalk? What does it do that makes it an improvement for the actual user? You can retain connectivity if your home's internet signal is weak or not working. Uh-huh. That so you're aggregating all those little bits, 800 kilobytes, you know, kilo, uh, right. KB of, of other people's bandwidth. You are uh, aggregating it to keep you up and running. So when you ask uh, Alexa to turn on the lights, she doesn't go, boop, 
boop, boop. <laughs> my internet's down. My internet's down. And then you can thank all your neighbors for allowing me to turn on my lights with a voice without command. Without having to actually flip the switch. Without actually reach for a light switch. That's <laughs> right. so 20th century. I know. And it's the, also the tile thing. Yeah, the um, tile thing. Yeah, right. that, they, that right. the tile becomes that much more accurate um, that it's being tracked by a, a mesh network. Now, to be sure, this is probably a greater concern for people who live in cities where there are houses right next door to each other and probably a whole lot of these smart devices well, talking to each other. We were talking about this. I was talking to, with my folks who were down in Los Angeles, and they said, you know, a half-mile radius around our house is thousands of people. thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And yeah. It's a very different metric from with, us. With you know, thousands of Thousands of Wi-Fi networks, yeah. Right. So well, they have um, no interest. what happens if you decide to opt out and your neighbors on both sides don't opt out? Are they still sipping away at your connection? No, no. Theoretically, not. You have to. You have to offer your devices up. Ah, yeah. uh-huh. for, that's for what opting in. Yeah. That's what uh, Amazon is all automatically for your convenience, volunteering you to share a, a little segment of your bandwidth with your neighbors. So yes. it's that disabling of sidewalk, the turning off, the opting out, is what um, shuts the faucet off for, to your connectivity. I think that uh, here's the uh, the actual. Um uh, marketing copy to simplify new device setup, extend the low bandwidth working range of devices, and help devices stay online and up to date even if they're out of outside the range of home Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. So uh, your neighbors all turn on their sidewalk. You put your Alexa device on the roof of <laughs> <laughs> right. somewhere that your Wi-Fi doesn't reach, and yet it still works. Uh-huh. It's a very, again, the use case to me does, is just isn't there. Just a, there's, there, like I said, there just isn't a good answer to the question, what's in this for me? Well, especially and, up, up here in the boondocks. Where, that too. Yeah. What? And also, you know, large companies, you know, doesn't exactly instill in me the desire to like, yes, I want to be part of this giant weird thing I don't understand, (laughs) where I share my bandwidth with people I don't know in a way I don't understand. Well, are are the Alexas going to sign me up? Are the Alexas going to conspire with each other while we're sleeping now? Now that the neighbors can talk to each other. Oh no! Who knows what they say about us when we're when we're not listening? (laughs) I don't know. Because they're always listening. I have one more quick. I I did a quick rip and read of an AirTag story, and it concerns what you were talking about earlier about how Apple has gone out of their way. To try to try to protect users of iTags from you know being tracked and stuff like that, but the tip is this: if you happen to find that somebody has slipped an AirTag into your purse or pocket or suitcase or in the trunk of your car and you don't know about it, all you have to do is unscrew it and take out the battery. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And it won't be reporting. It won't be reporting back to the the, whoever the. uh, I like it. I can just imagine the the spy movie where that happens and a bunch of guys in a van throw down their headphones in disgust. Exactly. (laughs) We lost them. (laughs) Yeah, we lost them. But that's that's going to become a problem, you know. And and it's not just strangers. I mean, it's like um, you know, in cases of things like domestic abuse and oh yeah, oh contested child uh, uh, custody, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not just people you don't know. It could be people you do know. And and 
very much stuff so. like that. So that's so the disable thing. Amazon Sidewalk. That's the search engine query that you want to use on your favorite search engine. Just type disable Amazon Sidewalk. As Toby said, it's not a hard process. You tap your way through a couple of settings in the uh, in the Alexa app that you're using on your uh, your your smartphone or your tablet. And um, and don't forget your ring. If you have and a ring your, and don't forget your ring doorbell. And again, <laughs> check it every couple of weeks and right. just kind of make sure that they're doing the right thing. For me, the moral of the story is I don't appreciate being opted in to anything. Big time. I want to be informed. And I want to be given a choice. Amen. I, I don't like the idea of a company, whatever that company is, yeah. of making that choice for me. It just seems wrong. Yeah. Insert Steve Jobs quote here. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Ask the user for, for their permission. Ask them what, something like, keep asking them until they get tired of hearing you ask them. Yeah. <laughs> about exactly. privacy, yeah. Yeah, you can't, be too, you can't be too too careful about this sort of thing. Thank you, Toby Molina. Thank, Thank you, Toby. To at the uh, point-and-click research desk, we will be keeping everybody apprised on the, on the, on the cracks in the sidewalk. Well, speaking about Amazon and their devices, um, you know those... Um, Nefarious, uh, what do they call it? E L A E E U L A. Eula, Eula, license agreements, all those things that you agree to before you're able to use something. Right. Well, a lot of them have arbitration clauses attached to them, which means that if you agree somehow, you know, <laughs> you have also agreed to not sue them. Right, right, and, right, right, right. And so that started out discouraging people from from having, you know, to trying to sue Amazon or Facebook or Uber or whatever. But yeah. apparently the, the, the pendulum, the digital pendulum virtually swings both ways because apparently now there are um, lawyers who have been able to I don't know what automate or they've been able to to file thousands of arbitration claims oh. which the companies have to pay for. No, this is good news for for the for the the signees, the agree the clickies of the EULAs is that um you can actually it's they're calling it a a virtual denial of service. If you if enough people arbitrate the company like Amazon, in this case, has to pay for the arbitration. I guess you know they yeah, have to yeah. have to pay for it. Um, anyway, Amazon has stopped requiring customers to pursue claims in arbitration rather than a court of law after tens of thousands of people inundated the company with complaints that the Alexa digital assistant was improperly collecting voice recordings. So this is a whole other story about the collection of the voice recordings because there are cases, for example where there's been an Alexa and the parents have clicked yes, okay, we'll have Alexa listening to everything we do. But then um, there has been reported spying on or obtaining of the conversation of minors, which the minors did not agree to. So there's a real case there for um, a possibility of a lawsuit. Anyway, the... Um, Amazon has changed their terms, saying now you can sue us. And the change <laughs> follows the filing of some 75,000 Alexa-related arbitration claims, almost entirely people represented by a Chicago law firm that figured out how to mass file. How to, you know, they've gone out and said, 
do you have an arbitration against Amazon? Just sign up right here. And they've been able to basically do what amounts to a class action arbitration spam. <laughs> so this is changing. And there's another thing, too. I don't know. I think I sent you a text link about the uh, New York City driver co-op. Did you check that oh, out? Yeah. yeah, I did not. But I, yeah, this uh, actually started in Austin, Texas, when the um, progressive city council of Austin said, okay, Uber and Lyft, you know, you can drive, but your drivers have to pass a fingerprint criminal certification. Mm. And, and they said, well, no thanks. We just won't come here, <laughs> you know. And they, and they didn't. You know, Uber and Lyft did not um, set up their services in Austin. And so in Austin, they set up a driver's co-op, and they actually were really, really successful. They were so successful that finally uber came back and said well okay you can fingerprint our drivers and do a criminal check on on them and so now they're back there but in new york city um they have formed a competing uh service where the drivers actually own the whole thing and they get eight to ten percent more money from driving and not only that instead of paying um off the uh, uh venture capital investors whatever profits are left over gets split among the drivers after all the operating nice. expenses and they have an app and i think it's called driver.coop i believe that was the link i'll double check that but i think that's a sign of things to come you know i like it i like it so it's a um it's a it's a basically it's a cooperative about uh, for around uh around um on demand Driving drivers, the drivers, yeah, yeah driver, drivers, drivers dot, dot co-op. Yeah, C O O P. The domain is the top domain is dot C O O P coop, but it's coop, drivers yeah. dot coop. And okay, um, I wonder if anybody has chicken dot coop. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> I've got to look into that. You right got to look on chicken. <laughs> but yeah, um, that that's really cool. It's 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 it's. Um, it's people power, you know? It is. And what they're talking about doing now is, is developing an app where... And the other thing is because... And in fact, this happened last year in California when, when they had that... Um, uh, I think it was an, a, a, an initiative. Wasn't it a ballot initiative that was going to classify uh, the um, rideshare drivers as employees rather than independent contractors? And the uber and lyft and all the other rideshare companies and a lot of the other gig uh type employers or contractors <laughs> um put millions it might have been a record-setting amount of money into defeating that initiative and um so they're independent contractors if you drive for uber or lyft and a lot of drivers drive for both and they have both apps on their their sure. phones and they get rides um if you drive for the co-op, uh, and a lot of the drivers that they interviewed said this, uh, they drive for Uber, Lyft, and the driver's co-op. And if they get um, a ride for the co-op, they'll take it first because that you know it pays them better. But sure. somebody was wanting to develop a, a, an app that would scrape requests for Uber and Lyft and send them to the driver's co-op <laughs> so they could go and poach the poach the rides and that would be interesting too 
Yeah, that's cool. That would be real competition. So, you know, the pendulum is swinging both ways. The fact that people are finding ways around these privacy issues, around the uh, surveillance capitalism issues, around the gig economy issues. I think we're starting to see some things turn a corner on a lot of that stuff. And and I think the common denominator to all of that is... um, kind of this combination of thinking out the bo- outside of the box and also being aware of what the issues are. That's, I think, you know, just an awareness from a consumer's standpoint. Um, whether you are in the market for a smart device that you can turn your lights off and on with a voice command, or whether you're in the market for a, a, a taxi ride in New York City, Knowing what the issues and the options are will make you a more protected and more educated shopper, consumer, user of whatever technology you're talking about. And more, I, I, and more secure. And, and more secure, absolutely. And sadly, I think, you know, although the, the tide, I don't know that the UI would even say we've turned the corner, but it's, there's a greater number of interesting options that people just have to be aware of and educate themselves about yeah and that's something that is one of our big missions here on point and click radio is uh, is to let folks know what those options and what those issues are that's yeah, why we're alexa still devices yeah that's alexa why we're still here are, exactly the alexa devices are great but you've got to lock them down in the right way yeah. facebook and instagram can be really useful but you've got to fine-tune settings for privacy and data sharing and and that sort of thing and in fact that brings up another st- uh, story relating to privacy um, this is point and click by the way point and click radio with bob lawton and yours truly jim hyde coming to you on kzyx mendocino county public broadcasting in philo and willits and willits and ukiah and um, as I think everybody knows, if you use a smartphone and you use it to take photos, and millions and millions and billions of people do, your phone records, or your tablet, records information about your location in the photos and the movies that you take. It's called EXIF, E-X-I-F. It's also called metadata, data about data. The data is the photo. The location information is the data about the photo. And it's really nice to have that information recorded along with a phone. You can then do a search on your phone. You can say, show me pictures that I've taken in Chicago last year. You can um, send them to, you, you can send photos to a friend and, uh, or, or to family, and, and they can do the same thing. The problem with having that information recorded, your location information recorded in photos, is that companies like Facebook and Instagram can and do use it to track you. Now, when you share a photo on Facebook or on Instagram, the very popular photo sharing app from Facebook, Facebook strips that information out, that location information out, so that people who download your photo don't have access to the location information. And that's great. That's exactly what you want. Because you don't want somebody to be able to download a photo that you've posted of the new barbecue that you just got from Facebook, look at the EXIF data and say, ah, now now I know where Bob lives. Mm-hmm. So that's good. It's good that they strip it out in a way that their users can't get your location. However, 
on its way to the garbage can. <laughs> yes, the recycling Facebook bin. And Instagram, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram make a note for themselves of where you are or where that photo was taken. And of course, you know what that means. That leads to more ad targeting and just general invasion of your privacy. Right. You'll get you'll get mail uh, um, advertising uh, frozen steaks <laughs> for your new barbecue or something like that. Exactly. Precisely. <clears throat> there was an article in uh, in Forbes.com just last week. Facebook tracks your your iPhone location, and this is how to stop it. So even if you tell, you know, in the iPhone and in Android, you can turn off what's, what are often called location services, where apps like Facebook and Instagram can't automatically ping your phone and say, hey, where's Bob located right now? You can turn that off, and you should. But even if you've done that, and you share a photo on Facebook or Instagram that you took with your phone... Facebook and or Instagram are going to look at that EXIF data, that metadata, record and make a note in their vast databases about you, of where you are, or where that photo was taken, I should say, more accurately. And then they strip the information out so that anyone who downloads it can't get that location information. There are ways to get around this. Um, unfortunately, they're a little bit of a pain. This Forbes article is strongly encouraging Apple, for iOS anyway, to add this automatic stripping feature in the, into iOS 15, which will theoretically be out later this year. Um, as of now, though, in order to do it, you have to use an app that you can get from an app store or from, from Google Play, the Google Play Store that strips that metadata out and then you share the, share the photo to Facebook or to Instagram. So Jim, none of that is available on Apple's own apps in the camera app or the photos app. You cannot remove the EXIF data? No. Wow. There is a there is a well, I should say no with an asterisk after it. There is a um there's a there's a way to share a photo to Instagram and remove the location information. There's a little options button, but it doesn't give you access to all of the things you can do within Instagram when you share a photo. Uh-huh. When you're sharing a photo, before you actually hit that share button, you have access to all of these cool photo developing features where you can add filters and adjust the exposure and brightness and contrast and shadows and highlights and all that good stuff and sharpness. Um, if you use the share pane that's built into iOS, you don't get that. You don't get, get access to that. Ah, that's where you'd want it. <laughs> And that's exactly where you'd want it. So um, if you are interested, if you, if you go to either the App Store or the Google Play Store and do a search for Strip EXIF, that's E-X-I-F, Strip EXIF, you'll get a list of, um, of apps that are capable of doing this. Um, I found one that, I, that, I, that, that is really nice. It's not free, but it's cheap. It's called Metapho, P-H-O. Metapho, and there is a free version, but the uh, really 
the version that really lets you ex uh, strip the data out um, is something that you have to pay for. So, um, well, it's probably worth it. Uh, you know, if you if you if you really use if you're really big into sharing photos, and you just don't like the idea of Facebook and Instagram compiling this database of places where you've shared photos from, um, then it's worth the effort. Maybe not even for every photo. You know, if you're if you're on vacation somewhere and you know you don't really kind of care because, you know, well I don't know maybe you would care because then Zuckerberg would know that you went to Hawaii in January and next January he might be you know, offering up ads for Hawaii vacations, but um, it's all part of just kind of letting you know, letting you know that they're out there compiling information as you use these services, and if you object to that. You have a few choices. One is to bite the bullet and put up with it. Another is to not use the service at all. And the third is to avail yourself, to arm yourself with whatever tools are necessary to get around what they're trying to do. Yeah, especially if it's uh, personal photos that uh, reveal a lot more information than you might want a total stranger to have access to. Because it's one thing for for Mark to get your 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 preferences and barbecue grills and things like that, but um, sometimes this uh, data is lost in in data breaches and it can go into the hands of criminals who are willing to pay money for a lot of uh, targets, and um, it can go uh, be shared on social networking and you might not want no somebody to know you're going to be out of the country for two weeks, you know, right? Which your photos would tell if if you were. Well, photos. again, that would not be exposed to the end users of those services. It would only be, it's only information that Facebook and Instagram are collecting. Right. So unless you're worried about Zuckerberg coming and robbing you while you're out of town for two weeks, which, hey, is, is, is not an impossibility. Well, he doesn't have to go to all that trouble, Jim. <laughs> he does it from his couch. Yeah. No, but this is a good idea. I think it's a good idea to learn how to, I mean, I, I choose to share location information only occasionally and only when I think it's important to, uh, you know, for my friends or family to know about, but I don't like to do it just randomly. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Hey, um, this is Point and Click, the bi-weekly computer show. Tonight it's Point and Click and Opt Out because <laughs> we are uh, we are pushing the Opt Out button tonight on, on a lot of things, including Amazon's new sidewalk uh, Wi-Fi sharing service for their smart devices. And um, we... Um, encourage you to check that out uh what was that site jim that uh that or what was the search for getting out of the if you have amazon smart devices what was the website people should go to you just go to uh, just go to the search engine of your choice and and search for the phrase disable amazon sidewalk right and you'll get a lot of instructions the very top hit is is, is amazon's own instructions of how to do it um but when you do that when you if you if you search for that phrase you'll also get a lot of interesting reading just about the whole feature and and what some of the issues and concerns are yeah so if you have amazon echo is it is that the one that uh Amazon, a bunch yeah. of different Echo devices, a bunch of different Show devices, and those are the Alexa devices that have the screens on them. Uh-huh. Um, and the Ring doorbells. Right. 
uh, the dot, a whole bunch of, uh, and again, the, the Amazon pages and other articles will tell you exactly which models are affected. But uh, the, the easiest way to do it is just to make sure your uh, Alexa app on your smartphone or your tablet is updated. Run, make sure you're running the latest version of the Alexa app. Go in and tap your way into the settings to disable Sidewalk. And those articles that, uh, that you'll find if you do a search for disable Amazon Sidewalk, We'll show you exactly what steps to do. It's not hard. It's just a few taps. But as Toby said, check back again. Yeah. <laughs> as check. a lot of people are saying, I disabled it, then I checked a couple of days later, and it was re-enabled again. Yeah, imagine so, that. Who knows? So, Jim, for the average person that owns one of these devices, say like you're down in San Francisco, and you and your neighbors all have the Amazon Echoes, um, and you don't do anything, is it going to automatically enable this feature yes okay i think that's what we're talking about to our listeners here speaking that's of listeners I, I think we still have one or two um and i wanted to say uh we could open the phone lines you've got time for Indeed. a few phone yes, calls if you for have sure. questions about any of the topics we're talking about or if you're trying to get um Thunderbird to run. Thunderbird to run. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. Give us a call at 895-2448 to reach us here in the studio. If you have got a comment about some of the internet privacy issues of the day, or uh, or you've got a question completely unrelated to what we've been talking about here, a computer and technology-related question, that is, um, 895-2448 is the number to call. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people have expressed a dilemma over. I got this from the reader comments on a new york new york times article about, about uh, privacy and uh, surveillance and this user who goes by the name of plan b from nashville says two years ago while waiting on a customer at work i complimented her lipstick and asked what brand she fished it out from her bag and said kosas k-o-s-a-s that night, an ad for Kosas appeared on my computer. <laughs> this is a true story. Still freaks me out. Uh -huh. And then this is interesting because some of the replies are like, oh, don't worry, dear. It's just all in your brain. Um, Ed from Deep South says, it's a coincidence that the ad appeared that normally you wouldn't have noticed. That's called observational bias. Mm. And somebody else said... Uh, Correct, Ed. I shall never forget the sensation when, as a young person, I purchased a used VW bug and suddenly noticed for the first time all the other VW bugs that were driving around all the roads that seemed to have not been there before. <laughs> and then somebody else said, uh, the uh, TV host Joe Scarborough commented on this years ago, he laid a trap for something, some product he had zero interest in or any history with, and sure enough, the same day that kind of advertisement started creeping in. Yeah. I thought I was being paranoid when I first noticed it, and I've always had Siri disabled. And here's, here's the one that really, uh, really kicks it. Um, maybe not. My son worked for a company that had tech to identify where phones were located at any time and to identify which phones were nearby so that the people the phone owner interacted with could also be identified. Given that this commenter and her customer spent time together, if their demo dem demographics matched, then the program would start feeding ads for products that the customer had purchased to the other person in the conversation. Yep. In other yep. words... 
if you if you're talking to somebody about their lipstick and they just show you the tube and and that's that brand they can still infer a whole lot of other things just from your buying profiles yeah there's one one other guy that uh, went to stay a week with his mother brushed yep. his teeth with her brand of toothpaste came home never talked about it never held it up to his camera phone camera never googled it got home and started getting ads for his mother's toothpaste and they said it's just a proximity thing they look at what she you know because when you go to the grocery store and you check out they know all the stuff that you buy because it goes into an electronic system you know and it's yep. identified with your purchases so it's happening big time I, I actually have that 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 twitter thread up in uh in front of me here and i'll just read a couple of oh yeah uh, parts of it but yes he started stayed at his mother's house for a week used her toothpaste they never talked about it he never googled it and when he got home he started seeing ads for that brand of toothpaste and it turns out and he writes your apps can take can collect a ton of data from your phone your location your demographics all of this they can match my purchases to my Twitter account because I gave both of those companies my email address and my phone number. And I, of course, agreed to all that data sharing when I accepted the terms of service and the privacy policy. Here's where it gets truly nuts, though, he writes. If my phone is regularly in the same GPS location as another phone, they take note of that. And they, they start reconstructing the web of people I'm in regular contact with. The advertisers can cross-reference my interests and in browsing history and purchase history to those around me. It shows it starts showing me different ads based on people around me, family, friends, coworkers. It will serve me ads for things I may not want, but it knows someone in someone who I'm in regular contact with might want or regularly buys. Or regular buys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's incredible. That was a good analysis of this, but I thought the uh, yeah. the the mystery toothpaste was a real uh, other good. The mystery <laughs> lipstick and the mystery Completely. toothpaste. Completely. Yes. Completely. Yes. Well, um, let's uh, let's see what ads hit us, Jim. After we're off the air tonight. <laughs> and the sad <laughs> and the sad thing is, he he closes it says and says, the other thing is, all of this is just out there in the open. Tons of people report on this. It's just that nobody cares. We have decided our privacy just isn't worth it. It's a losing battle. We've already given away too much of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Sigh. I know. Sigh. 895-2448 if you want to sigh over the air with Bob and Jim. And did we have underwriting tonight? I can't remember. We did for further reach. I read it. Oh, good. Top of the hour. I was fumbling around with the controls here while you read it. Good. (laughs) Thanks for covering the underwriting. Indeed. Thanks to all of our uh, our underwriters and our our members. Oh, and I found out what the mystery noise I kept hearing when I got on the air was. The air conditioner here in the studio. Oh, oh, yes. It was just roaring away, but I, you know, I had my headphones on. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. The air conditioner here is uh, is is the big puddle of water next door here, and that's what the open temperature down in the fifties. The open windows, yes. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. Coast side. (laughs) Yeah. Ah well. 895-2448, Eight nine five two four four eight, and the uh, answer to the Thunderbird is that it's in the settings. You can do what we were talking about. If that caller is not listening tonight, maybe she'll call in in two weeks when we have our next show. Um, but uh, I actually printed it out and forgot to bring it tonight. Oh, you know, one more tidbit about privacy. 
Um, and you will very rarely, in fact, this might be the first time, except for maybe talking about the Apple 1984 commercial, that you'll hear me talk about a cool a commercial that I really like oh, on, yes, on the yes. radio here. But um, Apple has a privacy-related commercial out. Um, and as we've talked about on this show, the latest versions of the iPad OS and the iPhone OS have this do not track feature built into them, where if a website or an app wants to track you, it will put up a message. The phone or your tablet will put up a message saying this app wants to track you. Do you want to allow it or not? And Facebook and other big advertisers, of course, do not like this because they want to be able to track you. Well, Apple is really kind of um, riding that pony for all it's worth. And they have a commercial out now talking about this privacy feature. And they've illustrated it in a really beautiful way where um, a, a, a young lad goes and starts buying things and or just going about his life. And one by one, he is followed by more and more and more people. And one of them, he's holding a folder, and one of them reaches over his shoulder and pulls a piece of paper out of his folder and starts reading it. And one of them is dressed like a doctor, and one is you know dressed like a business person. And as the commercial progresses, he is kind of the Pied Piper of trackers all of these people are clustered around him watching everything that he does and he goes into a store and reaches for uh, an anti-itch cream or something no no somebody <laughs> runs up next to him and says this will help with your itching <laughs> that's right and he looks at her like what how did you know about my itching that's right and at the end of the commercial he sits down and he turns on his phone and he sees that do not track button and he hits do not track and one by one each person goes poof and they disappear yes disappears into a cloud of smoke and it's a really powerful way of visually illustrating what it's like to be tracked by these advertisers on the internet if you imagine each one as being a nosy person hovering over your shoulder watching everything that you do and making suggestions that you didn't ask for that's what web tracking is, and it's a really so. I, I encourage you if you want to go. They have it. It's on YouTube, and and they'll track you if you go and watch it. <laughs> yeah, they'll track you if you go and watch it. But it is, YouTube. It is on Apple's YouTube channel. You can see it right on Apple's channel. Don't beware, yeah. beware of imitations. Just go to Apple's right. channel on YouTube. Yeah, I just searched for um, uh, Apple privacy commercial, and and it was yeah. the first thing that came up. No, it's so. brilliant, and I think it's it's probably going to be Apple's second best. I mean, Felix, the guy that orders the coffee in the Starbucks and has the barista follow him out to the to the Uber, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is yeah. like the um, athletic young woman wielding the sledgehammer in the 1984 commercial. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it, it really is a, a brilliant uh, piece of uh, art direction and everything. But it really uh, is. It, it's Apple, uh, and the funny thing is, you know, this guy that ordered the the latte in the in the coffee shop who's walking down the street now being followed by dozens and then uh, finally hundreds of people is the, <laughs> a lot of them are all dressed up in sort of wall street garb like suits oh, and yeah, briefcases and yeah so it's you know you know where the money is coming from to do all this stuff yeah exactly you know, it's just it's, yeah it's a great it's commercial amazing. the apple privacy commercial it's a really um like I said, it's just a very powerful visual illustration of what internet tracking is all about and what it what is what it's like. Now, this is not sure. to say that you won't ever get hit with ads again, because Apple's very uh, very thorough in pointing out that what this does is it stops apps from tracking you 
after you stop using the app. In other words, it's third-party cookies, I think, or something like that. It's some. It, it Apple still believes in online advertising, and they still gather data, but it's not that sort of snooping with everything you do. So when you go look at a shoe a shoe website, and then you go look at a uh, a garden website, uh, that they're sharing all this information and, and building a profile. It's it's more direct. So Apple is not out of the online ad business, and they are not out of gathering demographic data about you but it's not allowing say for example facebook to come in on an iphone and be slurping right. out everything from every other site that you go to so it's yeah. it's the tracking yeah exactly and and to prove that we call it as we see it you know apple although it is doing a lot of really good things when it comes to privacy um at the same time apple takes about nine billion dollars a year from google um, one of the leading tracking advertising companies um, in order to um, make Google the default search engine on Apple's devices. And as we talked about in the last show, Apple has a really dark record of privacy with respect to the business dealings that it does in China, turning over uh, customer data to the Chinese authorities and that sort of thing. So. Um, we're not holding them up on a pedestal as white knights, but at the same time, um, they definitely deserve credit for taking the uh, broadest steps, boldest steps against uh, uh, f or advocating for um, user privacy in most of the world. <laughs> most <laughs> and, of the uh, world, yeah. And and uh, so they, they definitely do uh, deserve kudos for that. Well, they have to walk a tight line because all their products are manufactured in China. And I don't think... And it's a rather big market for them, yes. too. They want yeah. to be able to sell phones there, too. Yeah. So uh, here, your iCloud information is encrypted and on servers, and only you can have access to it in China. The Chinese government runs those iCloud servers yeah. and have access to everything. And that's the deal that Apple had. That's the deal that Apple made with... Uh, to do business there yeah but yeah. apparently iphones are a big seller in china people really love them oh big time sure yeah. of course well we haven't had any calls i'm surprised maybe everybody's out enjoying the beautiful evening but um we're still going to be here for about five more minutes if you want to call it's 895-2448 and tonight we talked about uh, the now sidewalk is the feature, right? But it's it's sidewalk Wi-Fi sharing. I think I yeah. got that. Yeah. yeah, it's a okay. it's a it's a it's a technology. It's basically a technology. Oh yeah, you know, in the in the in the minutes that we have left, I want to share because this is certainly related to the whole issue of security that we've been talking about. Um, a book that I'm reading, a terrifying but really good read called This is How They Tell Me the World Ends, oh, the Cyber no. Weapons Arms Race. And this is by a, um, a New York Times reporter named Nicole Perlroth. And it is a, it's a great read. It's fascinating. She writes about... Uh, she was first exposed to the terrifying realities of security warfare when she when the new york times received from the guardian newspaper the documents that um that snowden um stole and and gave to the guardian 
and she had to work for six weeks in a windowless storage room in the New York Times office because they were so terrified of everything from spies looking through the glass windows and being able to read text on the screen or read lips of people who are holding meetings. And she goes on to talk about the terrifying vulnerabilities of our infrastructure, examples of which we've seen in the last couple of months mm-hmm. with the ransomware attack and the on the pipeline in the East Coast. And then more recently, the attack on the, uh, on the, on the meat processing uh, plant. And the long and the short of it is, it is likely to be just the very tip of the iceberg as the planet's infrastructure has become increasingly reliant on the internet and it's a great read it's a spy novel it's a spy thriller that is not a novel and uh and is scary and really really beautifully written this is how they tell me the world ends the cyber weapons arms race is the book and the author again nicole Perlroth, P-E-R-L-R-O-T-H. Nicole Perlroth. I've heard her interviewed. It's 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 very impressive. Her points are are, are pretty amazing. It's yeah, uh, yeah, it, good stuff. It, it's a good one. And with that, I hear thunder. <laughs> with that, we're going to go thundering out of here you and know, make. Back in- back east when you hear thunder you it usually means the weather's going to get cooler after that Uh uh-huh here (laughs) it means it's time to go home (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah up next is jamie roberts with uh two hours of radiogram the delightful show of uh, comedy jazz radio drama and much much more that's coming up at eight o'clock and we'll be back in two weeks and boy there's a lot of stuff to keep track of now We'll see sure. how we'll see how the sidewalk roll out. Are they going to roll up the sidewalks? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I like living in a place where the sidewalks are already rolled up. Already rolled up. I know. <laughs> I know. That's true. And we Thanks didn't get any, listening, everybody. We didn't get any Remember. calls tonight, so we'll save up that airtime for you folks for two weeks. Exactly. And save your questions. Save your comments. Give us a buzz in a couple of weeks. We'll get you on the air. And be sure to take the location data out of your photos. And uh, opt out of all the things you should opt out of. Oh, one more thing about the the iPhone thing with the do not track. You can do it. You can do that feature individually with apps, but you can also do it with all of them if you go into the settings and and slide the little button and it won't let any of them do it. It it suppresses that warning and just makes it a blanket. Don't track me, buddy. I'm going to go do that right now. Okay, Jim. Good night, Bob. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukayan 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.